Hey, welcome to Craft Beer Bucket List with Big Ray and Mike, where we review beers you have to try before you die. Hello, everybody. This is episode 25, and it's going to be the last episode of season one of Craft Beer Bucket List with Big Ray and Mike. And for our 25th episode, we have a special guest, which uh, I'll let Big Ray introduce here in just a second. For our episode 25, we're going to review two beers with our special guest. We're going to be reviewing the Imperial Java Stout by Santa Fe Brewing Company. And then we're going to dive into the Honeycombed Breakfast Stout by Catawba Brewing, which is out of the good state of North Carolina. Uh, back to you, Ray, or over to you, Ray. All right. So uh, thanks, Mike. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing all right? I'm doing better now. Absolutely right you are. So, hey, I don't want to leave my guy Corey here hanging in the on the benches here, but we've got Corey Williams with us tonight. How about that? What's going on? Yeah, I'm excited for this, guys. I'm like, I'm a beer guy. I've had plenty of beers from all around the world. And from what I'm seeing here, we've got some stouts, and that happens to be my thing. I am a stout guy through and through. I love it. Raise, raise a stout guy, but a different kind of stout. <laughs> different kind of stout. Yeah, so no, I remember you told me that um, just before Mike and I flew to North Carolina to visit some of the breweries there, and I was sure to pick up one that I thought would just be killer. And then I stumbled on this other one, you know, out of Santa Fe. And I'm like, dude, this would be killer uh, for when we had you on the show, you know, to get you beers that are at the top of your list. So at least Great. the style at the top of your list anyway. Yeah, I like the uh, right off the bat. I like uh, a stout to have a brown can. It's just something about the design of the can. Like, you know, it's it's one thing to taste. But like when you have a brewery that just puts a little bit of thought into their can, it's nice. But the uh, the, the Imperial Java Stout uh, by Santa Fe, it looks like it's just really simple. It's just like, hey, let's just get down to what the beer is all about. And then the honeycomb. I like that the uh, the honeycomb. Uh, let's see, was it honeycombed honey nut breakfast stout by Catawba. There's, I like that. I'm really curious to see if their flavors are going to match up with their vibe here. It looks like they've got sort of a 80s looking guy, maybe actually like a greaser from the 50s, like, you know, combing his hair and getting ready. And he's like, he's a bee or something. So I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm really curious to find out. Oh, you know, same. it's kind of like the the thumbnail before the, the video. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, are, are you guys ready to crack into the first one? Uh, yeah, so we're going to dive into the... Yeah, so which one is that? Is it the Santa Fe um, Stout? We're going to dive into that one first. Imperial. Yeah. All so, right. Here we go. Oh, the best sound ever. I cracked that. So oh, I, yeah. I've got to do that now. All right. Yeah, go, Ray. It's all you. I'm going to get the smells in as they're doing that. I'm, see, I'm smelling um, a, a very, very nice coffee coffee smell to it which is really nice i'm curious to know if that's going to taste the same going down almost a bit of a a chocolatey smell as well with a bit of a molasses oh yeah, yeah. so what Corey and i start to drink our some do you want to talk about the brewery for a second mike well so ray you sent me this beer I'd never had any of their beer before, but I got online and I tried to look up some information and I'll be completely honest. There wasn't a whole lot out there. So uh, Santa Fe hmm. is like an hour Northeast of Albuquerque, uh, six hours ish South of Denver. So people can kind of get an idea of where it's at. It was founded in 1988. So it's been around for a little bit. And uh, oh. just recently, uh, I say recently in 2007, they doubled their capacity for, uh, the barrel house. So it went from 15 barrel brew house, to 30 barrel brew house. And so that's naturally going to increase your production. Right. But other than that, there's not a whole lot out there. Like you get on their website and then I, there's not much on their website at all. I had to get dive into Wikipedia, which I don't like doing to find out any information. Hmm. So in all honesty, sometimes that's, the yeah, that's true of it though. Like when you have a, a brewery that's small like that, you feel like you're a part of the beginning of something big. You know, and sometimes not knowing is the best part of it. I mean, this, I've never heard of this. And I've, like I said, I've had a lot of different beers. Um, it's so far the notes that I'm getting, I'm getting a, a really great sort of a dark chocolate in the back of my mouth with um, some bready taste, like um, 
like a like a like a darker weedier bread. I don't know if you get that a burnt taste as well. Yeah, like a little char. Yeah, like like a like a like a burnt bread with chocolate. Yeah, a little char. I guess you could call that. I call it burnt. Yeah. No, I'd have to agree. What, what do you think uh, over there, Ray? So so far, I mean, I I have to echo Corey. Um, I'm getting a lot of those chocolate notes. Just immediately, you got to smell a beer before you drink it. And I get a lot of that, the coffee notes, the chocolate mm-hmm. notes up front. And as I drink it, I get some of those, you know, like you said, dark, like dark bread toast, that little char, a little mm-hmm. bit of toasted malt, maybe. Um, but really the, the coffee and the chocolate just take the show and everything else, I think just goes along with it. Well, it makes it a complex, delicious beer. It's interesting to me though, like I, the, the smell of it though, had a really heavy coffee smell. And I was truly thinking that when I was going to drink this, it was going to be like a, like a, a really dark cup of coffee with some chocolate in it, like a, like, you know, like a, a mixed mocha drink or something. But I feel like when I drink it, like I didn't taste all the, the chocolate or the, uh, the coffee notes, like you're saying, I mean, it's still kind of there, but maybe it's just hidden in the, in the, the chocolatey bready burntness i mean it's great it's it's really good and it, it actually um that's that's a, how a stout should taste you know it's it's really good I, you know along with that is with with the the smell and the flavor i expected the body to be a little heavier but it's got like more of the the lighter to medium body so it's a little bit it medium. makes it a little easier to drink i think you're not having to, not having <laughs> right? to chew yeah because yeah. <laughs> some of these some of these stouts can have that thickness of just like you know, real, you know, chocolate milky stuff. And I, I love a good chocolate milk stout, you know, but yeah, no, this is, this is good. This is, this is a good job. I like it. And I feel like the, the beer does match the can, like the outside, you know, I was talking about, like, it's got to have that. It definitely feels like if I, if I can say the colors that I'm, I'm tasting, it would be, be definitely the colors of the can. So they did a great job with the design and uh, of the, the out labels too. No, agreed. Um, I mean, you want to drink a stout, you want it to taste like a stout, not necessarily somebody's take on it you know having those fun ideas are great but no the simplicity mm-hmm. they can the colors match i agree and uh, it's just a, a well well balanced beer uh the coffee notes don't shine through as much for me as what i'd like with the stout but this is definitely um mm-hmm. a more crushable stout if you will this isn't too heavy i like a guinness is real thick and heavy and as much as i love those it's hard to put a few down yeah it, it it's kind of dry, dry too yeah, I feel like I feel like now that I've had a couple sips, it's like it makes me want to drink more of it, uh, not just to taste the flavor, but also to to stay a little hydrated, you know. So it's like it's it's good that not all beers should be like you right. know watery, but it's it's definitely like all the flavors and the stuff in there. It's almost like when like the the molasses part of it is kind of like depriving you of that that moisture in your mouth a little bit, but then it, that's what helps to sink in the flavor. No, I agree. I, I like the the bitter aftertaste kind of like the the little bittery aftertaste I get as a as I'm swallowing. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. That like I'm trying to think the foods to pair with that too. Like I I feel like this would go great with some sort of um, almost a pasta. I don't know. I I kind of get that. Like I wish I could have like a like a good pasta or salad right now for some odd reason. Oh. Raise the raise the food pairing guy. What do you think? Pairing, but... Yeah. So I mean, before I kick off on that, you know, we talked about the bitters, Mike. I mean, this is a eight <laughs> percent ABV and hits fifty IBUs, which, in my opinion, is a little high for a stout. Maybe I'm wrong, but for me, that's a little high. Um, but with that, you know, I can see the starchiness of some pasta going well with this. Um, I'm kind of surprised to hear a stout with pasta, but if you know, if you get the right meat combo and the right sauce, if it's dark enough, I think it would pair well. Uh, some good breadsticks yeah. and a, a Caesar salad. Definitely with the anchovies, get a traditional Caesar in that regard. Um, I like the ones you get at the, you know, chain restaurants, yeah. like a real one. Um, doesn't have to be made table side like they did in the 80s, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, but, you know, something like this, like mm-hmm. me, I want a chicken mole with this. Hmm. And it seems, boy, I say it a lot of times with stouts, but I like that dark sauce, you know, with those chocolate notes in it. I think that pairs well. Now, for me, I would go with a pork dish, you know, uh, some kind of pork uh, with the mole sauce. And uh, I want corn tortillas with this instead of tortilla. But just, you know, for me, that would go really well. 
But dang it, now I want some pasta, Corey. Now you got me thinking on that. That's outside of my wheelhouse with this beer. <laughs> I like the push there. <laughs> I'm going to throw a curveball. I want it with ice cream. Oh. Ice cream. Yeah, I want it. I could yeah. see that though, like a vanilla, yeah. a little bit of a vanilla yeah. ice cream. That would be. Oh, what if you made like a I think float in this case out of this? Work. Hey, I'm all in. Oh, like an ice cream beer float with vanilla. Oh man. Yeah, yeah that no, would. Why be not? Good. Right. So. <laughs> You're making me want to save the can for later. <laughs> Like I got some, it's in my fridge. I yeah. could run down there and get it, but no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna enjoy the beer as it oh, is. There you go. Next time, so uh, no one outside Oklahoma is gonna know about this, but Corey at Brums right now, two pints are on sale for six bucks. I just picked some up last night. <laughs> yeah, they are crazy about selling everything right now. You know, that's crazy times, crazy prices. Oh man. The first thing I do when I drive into Oklahoma is get a, I stop at a uh, Brahms and get a chocolate milkshake. Mm. Yeah. I, I barely was able to like recently I've been able to like drink milk again. I just had my appendix removed. Every problem I've ever had with eating was because of my appendix. Man. So if you ever find it, like you just can't eat anything. Maybe have your appendix removed. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know where I was going with that, but I'll tell you, you know, I'm excited website, about Corey, that. Maybe I need my appendix to fill so I would stop eating everything. Because everything works when I put it down, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> oh. So, no, I don't wish that on anybody. I'm kidding. But Now, you should go out. You should, you should go out for Naked and Afraid, man. Just do it. You'll lose tons of weight. I, I went out there. They sent me to Belize. And uh, I I didn't make the whole thing. I was only out there for 11 days because it was terrible. There was nothing out there. And, uh, you know, surviving off the littlest thing. But in the uh, the 11 days that I was wow, out there, I lost 28 pounds. That's a lot in a short amount of time. It was. Yeah. I also came home right. with parasites, but that's another story. I, I'm going to second, Corey. I think Ray should go out <laughs> naked and afraid. Oh, man. I think if people would be afraid to see me naked. Um. But maybe, who knows, maybe more people would watch getting big as Ray Ray out there, right? I don't know. Um, It'd be fun. I'd watch you. I mean, not not because I want to see you naked, just because I'd be like, go right. Ray. Just do it. So, but I got to I gotta find a way to segue out of this, Corey. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so once it. you got back to the and uh, I'm sure you had to go to a hospital or something like that, get checked out. But what was the first beer you had uh, once you were done with the show? Do you remember? The first beer that I had, yes. Um, it was actually, um, oh, what was the name of that beer? It was a local beer there in Belize, like a, one that, that everybody gets. And if I, if I could remember the name, I would just tell you right off the bat. It wasn't like an average name by any means. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a local beer. And I think, I think it was a, um, just a regular wheat beer, uh, wheat beer. Oh, right on. Yeah, some wheat, something. That's still cool. Though. Yeah, I was like sitting down. The bartender's like, "What? Did you, so, what are you doing out here all all by yourself?" Oh, I was living out there in the jungle. <laughs> He's like, "Wait a minute, you're the guy that was out there." Apparently, the whole town knew I was there. Oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> Not much happens, right? They, uh, wow, they so don't. Glad you made it out of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man, I'm disturbed for life. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta know. So that's rough. So we all we know your history, Corey. But were you were you any more disturbed after that than you were before you went in? <clears throat> um, you know, I it's interesting because uh, after I did that show, I have uh, really weird things. Like if it gets a certain temperature outside and and the uh, humidity rises, I start freaking out and wanting to like build things. Um, if I smell fire, I start um, wanting to look for something to keep the fire going and it's real stuff that like is is like in my head because i was legitimately wild like people have no idea just how crazy it drives people when they're out out there in the, in the jungle um because your brain really shrinks like with with all the the protein you're lacking your brain physically shrinks and you go into a um 
uh, a mode in your head that is just something weird. Like it's it's almost like you get in touch with your primal self and, and you become like a lion or something. It's I don't know. I can't explain it. It doesn't look like on a television, but you get home and you're just like you're different. And I've been different ever since. Now I just want to attack and get everything. Not not physically, but you know, like mentally. Right. No, that makes sense. Oh, I never thought mm-hmm. of it like that. So that's really good input. And uh, like I'm a fan of the show. I've yeah. been watching it forever. Um, but that's definitely something Truthfully. you don't really hear about. Uh, so yeah and you know i as crazy as this sounds i wish more people could do this just so they could get in touch with their primal being like people have no idea what it is to be wild anymore we're not we're we're captive we're all captive if you really think about it by society we're not having to live off the land or be worried for dude we can go to the grocery store and go pick up fruit right now well (laughs) maybe not right now maybe um but you know what i mean like um I, I remember when I went to the grocery store after I got out of the jungle, I just stared at the food aisle and I thought, I can just walk in here right walk in here right now, grab this, give somebody a piece of paper, and then go eat this. I don't have to risk my life to go climb a tree to get hurt on something and waste all of my water just breathing in the hot sun just so I can get down and eat this thing and waste more calories trying to open it than actually what's inside that I'm getting back. Like the difference between that, like when you have to count your calories compared to the risk factor of trying to get, you know, eat something, mm-hmm. not to mention, do you, you don't even know if it's edible. Sometimes I, I just said, you know what? It smells good. It looks good. My tongue doesn't hurt when I touch it. I'm just going to eat this thing. I mean, it wasn't that crazy, but you know, there were some points where uh, you, you kind of have to, or you're not going to do so well. So anyway, Let's get back to the beer. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so I'm glad I don't have to do that in the fruit aisle because I at least expect it all to be edible. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, no, this is a great first. So I got to ask this, Corey. Uh, this is something we do on the show. Uh, what would you rate this out of 10? Out of 10 um, for stout, I would probably give this, uh, I'd say probably a 8, 8.5 to 9. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. So what about you, Mike? I, I was going to say an eight. I think the I think I, I would have liked for me to have a little bit more body to it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, for a Java stout, I wanted to have a little bit more coffee uh, from front to back. But I, I think eight's respectable, and I think it's really good. Right on. So for me, I give it an 8.5 because um, I'm an IPA guy. That's my go-to. Um, but for a stout, which is something I've got into in the last couple of years, this speaks more to my taste bros. Now, because it is a little easier to drink, it's not chewy like what we talked about. Uh, so for a stout overall, this is something I would go for. Uh, maybe something easier to drink than like what you guys would prefer. So for me, it scores a little higher. And absolutely going to go That's on good. my bucket list. That's great. Yeah, we're looking at 8, 8% on the alcohol. So it's it's a little bit heavier, but you don't really get that too much. It's good. Yeah, so I mean, the Imperial awesome. Java Stout by Santa Fe Brewing got an 8.5, an 8, and an 8.5. Overall good scores. Uh, you can check them out at Santa Fe Brewing uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and all the social media stuff. Uh, let's have a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. All right, guys. Welcome back. I appreciate you all hanging out with us for just a minute. It's time to check out our second beer, the Honey Combed by Catawba Brewing. Mike, you want to? Uh, we visited this brewery when we were in North Carolina a few weeks ago. Um, do you want to give the listeners a quick recap of our experience there? Yeah, so we found this place, and from when we were driving by it, it kind of looked uh, pretty hip, right? It's it's got the, the the nice muted blue colors, and it's got a kind of a a cool facade and all that kind of stuff. And we walked in, and it, I definitely felt like it was a little bit more of a hip type place. But the, the best thing about the whole thing was our experience with the staff. We went up to the bar, we talked to the staff and asked for some beer recommendations and they were nothing short of exceptional. Um, and this was in Charlotte. Uh, I don't forgot if one of us mentioned that or not, but this was in Charlotte and we just had an amazing time and every beer we tried was a pretty solid uh, beer. And so before we left, you and I picked up some beers to bring home and try on our podcast. Um, they have a couple other locations. Uh, they have one in Morganton, North Carolina. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And they actually, they've got two in Asheville, and I've been to one of them. Uh, but they've got one on the South Slope and then also one over there in Biltmore Village. Um, so it's four locations total. 
Um, but man, they just, you know, their main thing is making high quality beer uh, and making beer for everyday folks, uh, no matter what you're into, making something that's, uh, you know, drinkable and high quality. Um, so and again, what I'll say is while we enjoyed their beers, the service we got at their uh, Charlotte location was just exceptional. Um, you can check them out uh, at Catawba Brewing and Catawba Brewing CLT uh, for Charlotte. Uh, and I, I, I'd encourage you to check them out if you're in Charlotte or Asheville. Um, like I said, I've never been to Morganton, so I don't know what that place is like. But I mean, based on the their other two locations, other locations I've been to, I would say it's probably uh, awesome as well. Um, but I got one more thing, Ray. Oh, yeah, what's that? <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, yeah so the um, honeycombs. Yeah. Breakfast out from Catawba Brewing, guys. Cheers. That smells honey, man. Yeah, that, that is a lot of honey with little bits of a chocolatey smell as well. It's interesting how chocolate and, and stout is kind of thing. All right, I got to taste this thing. Wow, that's really interesting. That's 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 definitely definitely a honey. I also taste a um oh something nutty though. Oh, it says honey nut, obviously nutty, but that's like um God, what is that? Whoa, uh, hazelnut. That's that's a hazelnut. That's that's honey hazelnut. It's yeah, it's it's a little thicker too. No, no, it's not thin. It's a thin thin or not. It's interesting. My mouth's all going crazy. Like, wait, what? <laughs> this is not what I expected at all, and I love it. No. Like, this is such a crazy tastes... combination of flavors, but it works. This tastes like a European stout to me. Like, I was in uh, – this one tastes like something I'd had in uh, in um, in England, actually. Kind of brings me back to that a little bit. And even another one that I had in uh, in Poland – so it, it's it's European, like a European sort of stout. I feel like American stouts typically have that that thicker, just kind of, I don't know, like a more burnt taste. But this is, yeah, it's just more sweeter and, and lighter or something. Yeah, as Ray would say, hard to describe. Yeah, as Ray this would one. say, my taste bros are just going crazy. Yeah, like this is a, I've never tasted a beer like this before in my life. And what I love it, Corey's like, oh, I've had this before and in these two countries. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, man, that's impressive, which is cool. But, um, I mean, I'm excited to get a new flavor. I've had hundreds of beers from around the U.S. at local breweries. But this is like something I've never had before. And uh, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yeah, Poland, Poland's got some very interesting brews there. I couldn't name the names of them because I can't speak Polish. But I remember them, and this one has a, a distinct taste to one that I had in Poland. And, and um, I was in Krakow, and Krakow had it. Yeah, it's really good. A really cool little bar, too. It just reminds me of this. It was like, it takes me back to, I was on the street in Krakow, and it was, get this, it was below a McDonald's in a hidden bunker where you go down, and they were playing jazz underneath in this bunker below a mcdonald's and all of the walls are brick and then you just have this glass and you drink this stuff and this feels it's like it takes me back to that old country of it's like the better times of the old world i don't know uh, huh? you just maybe wow. want to visit krakow <laughs> no mm. doubt right it's exactly. you know krakow is amazing it's essentially a, a big castle in the inside i mean krakow um I don't remember what it stands for, but Krakow was a major castle, and then just outside of Krakow was uh, Auschwitz, that you know the uh, the bad, bad place. But uh, that's what I was there for. I went to go visit Auschwitz. Oh, right on. But it was uh oh wow yeah, I just happened to be in Poland. I was in um, where was it? I was I was, I was in um, oh what was it? Oh, my brain's going. No, anyway. I just this my my brain's going here, but yeah, this is really good. And that one place in England's got a lot of different places, and this one would have been in um, Norwich, a place in Norwich, which was another castle um, just north of of uh, London. So this is definitely a castle beer. It's, it's a castle what it beer. Sounds like yeah. No, I, I'm a big yeah, fan of castle like, beer. I didn't know that was a thing. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, it almost has like a cider taste to it. I mean, they, you know, it says on the thing, sweet, nutty, roasted. The sweetness is definitely the honey shining through. And I can see how it's a breakfast stout. Like I could see myself having, having breakfast with this for sure. Like pair this with, uh, Ray would probably agree with like, like a good, uh, a bacon club something. No, you know, anything with bacon for me is a win. <laughs> <laughs> the, mm. uh, the milk sugar that they use, the lactose, uh, is, is really well mm. balanced for this. And that's something that, you know, you know, they're starting to do a lot with IPAs actually with the, the milkshake IPAs, add that lactose to it. But there's something here with the honey and the lactose and, you know, some of those other things, whether it's the, you know, the hazelnut and whatnot, but I, I, I just think it's really well balanced for having so many complex uh, flavor rich ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying really hard to just try to think of what else there is to this thing. It's because there's just too much happening. Just the creaminess oh, and the smoothness yeah, not... when you when you have it in your mouth is it's on point. Yeah. This is good in its own way. I think this is one of those beers that you could have with your friends and say, Hey, look, you gotta check this out. You're not gonna taste this anywhere around here. Like, I love a good, unique beer. And I think, like, I was talking about how the outside has, like, you know, the the greaser that's, like, a bee and all that. He's different. I can't say I've ever seen a greaser that is a bee <laughs> in a can that is, you know, black and, and yellow. And I kind of get that, though. The colors of the can, the color schemes don't quite match what the beer is about, uh, taste-wise, to me personally. But it's unique, and that matches. So, I mean... But it seemed to me. Oh I, yeah, go ahead, Ray. Sorry, but no, it makes sense. I mean, it says on the can it's honeycombed, uh, so we see the bee mm-hmm. and the honeycomb kind of in the can art here, and the colors match that. Um, but r- with the honey nut breakfast stout, it doesn't go. But I mean, in, in Catawba though, was it has a cool factor about it. I mean, just when you walk up to the brewery, yeah. even uh, when you get to see the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff, you know the vibe inside the brewery, and it all translates to the beers that they have. And even the can art. So, I mean, there's a certain level of cool that just is encompasses mm-hmm. everything Catawba. And I like how it translates through everything. So what would you guys pair as far as, uh, you know, you said breakfast foods. Uh, any other food pairings you can think of? That's Ray's. I, I, I could just see myself with a some sort of bacon bacon something sandwich. Yeah, I mean so, anything bacon on this one. But you know, before I dive into the to the food thing, I'm doing this again. I mean, this is straight from the Catawba website about this beer. It says this decadent, silky sweet dark ale features a virtual buffet of brunch worthy specialty ingredients, including wildflower honey, toasted hazelnuts, and milk sugar. So you know what? This is a buffet beer for biggest Ray Ray or Big Ray on this show. Because. <laughs> um, I want like a high-end Golden Corral, so maybe like a Vegas buffet where I could have four different varieties of bacon. I can get that ham steak. I can get some sausage links and patties, some scrambled eggs. and so I want French toast with this, honestly. And I want some like real mm. maple syrup, not the not the fake stuff you get at the grocery store. Um, I've been spoiled recently to maple syrup from Maine because I got some friends up there that send it to me. Um, a buddy of mine has his own, you know, orchard of trees. He taps the trees himself, makes the, the syrup, and he sends me bottles of it. And I love him for it. Um, but French toast, amongst all the other varieties of pork you can get, and maybe some scrambled eggs, because you can pour syrup on that and it's acceptable. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go a little bit opposite. So, you know, with this beer being a little bit sweet and with the milk sugar being in there, the lactose uh, providing that kind of – adding in, uh, you know, kind of enhancing that. So uh, I don't go there a lot, but Cracker Barrel, they have a, like a grandpa's breakfast where you get like chicken fried chicken, um, the cheesy hash browns, two eggs, and uh, some, you know, whatever. Uh, it's my favorite thing to get there. I think it's called grandpa's breakfast. This is something I'd want with that. Mm. I, no sweet for me, like no syrup or anything sweet. I just got to go the old school uh, biscuits and gravy type uh, route. Um but that's what I would think about when I'm thinking like, you know, uh, give me some cheesy hash browns and a chicken fried chicken and uh, eggs uh, over medium and whatnot. 
I could see that because you you you're probably getting that the uh, the sweetness would would clash with the other sweetness and kind of take the the dullness down. So like if you if you had two sweet things, one of them is going to be less sweet than the other, and the taste is going to get all yeah for me, up. you know. And but you know, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, but and I think this beer is you you gotta have something you know you can't have anything clashing with this beer. It's it's that good. You don't want to you don't want to mess it up. Hmm. Oh, and that's true. It's filling. It's kind of filling too. I feel like I'm, I'm drinking this beer. And I'm like, I'm not drinking it super fast because I'm like, I don't feel like I need to drink a whole lot of it. You know, it's light. It's light in the alcohol, but it's it's filling. So it's kind of a full beer. I don't know. Do you guys get that? No, yeah, this I is not one a, I want to drink. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I was going to say it's a, for me. It's a slow sipper. Like I could see myself sitting in a rocking chair. Exactly. Uh, just slowly taking it in. Um, you know, yep. something I, I brought up one time before is I could easily see myself with a cigar in this beer too. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. For me, this isn't a cigar beer. You know, I've enjoyed several cigars with you, Mike, over the years with a good beer. But uh, this isn't one I want a cigar with. Uh, definitely a slow sipper. Um, for me, this is a day drinking beer. Um. Mm-hmm. We're drinking this at night while we're recording, but sir, but I think this is maybe even a before noon beer or, or a, a brunch beer. You know what I mean? Sunday brunch, you know, pass on the mimosas for a day and just have a, one of these and rock it like that. Oh, I'm closing my eyes right now. I'm thinking, you know, this is one of those beers where like you just kind of crack open the beer and you walk outside and you look at your lawn before you mowed it. It's springtime and you're thinking, all right, how am I going to mow this lawn? And you drink this beer until you get it all done and then you go mow your lawn. Oh, yeah. And then when you're done mowing, you have another one and you just sit back and look at the good job you just did. That's a good segue because I mowed my you know? lawn this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I did mine yesterday. <laughs> I love it. All those flowers out there makes me so happy. But yeah, I think that's the other thing too is like, you know, it you know, with, with, uh, everything that's going on right now in the world, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're staying home and looking at our lawns just a little closer than we were. And, um, this beer, I could see myself just kind of like relaxing, Hey, loosen up, you know, take in the sweetness of life and, and just kind of take it slow, you know, as this beer makes you do is, is take it slow. Absolutely. Uh, no, so agreed. Corey, what would you rate the beer? You know, for its uniqueness, I would give this one a nine easy. Just for sheer uniqueness of, you know, I, I would recommend this pe- to people just to try because it's yeah. different. What about you, Ray? Saves you yeah. a plane ticket. Ray now? Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you say my name there. He's thinking. Uh, but no, I was <laughs> thinking to say I would give this a 9 out of 10 just because uh, I've never tasted this before. And uh, I'm a guy that's had a lot of unique flavors from a lot of places. And... Uh, this spoke to me on a level of like, Hey buddy, I want you to be my friend. And I spoke back and said, I want to be your friend too. We're buddies for life. So easy nine out of 10 for me in a weird quirky way. But no, I would, you know, this is a, I want to go back to North Carolina and, and pick these up there and uh, sit back down at that bar and have another good time. Um, so yeah, all around easy nine out of 10 for me. Well, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to, uh, I was thinking nine out of 10, even before, as Corey, so I think you know it's pretty unanimous. Uh, all nines across the board. That means it's a really darn mm-hmm. good beer. Yeah, and and I would I would hardly classify this as a stout. To be honest with you, I mean it's it's kind of in a category of its own because it doesn't match up with the stouts that we typically have here in the U.S. So if there was any other way to give it some other name, then it would be a ten in its own category. No, I, I, I could see that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Corey, this next, after we try our beers, uh, we, our next section is we ask you questions of whatever we'd like to know about you. And then after that, mm-hmm. you're free to ask, uh, any embarrassing questions about Ray you'd like to know. <laughs> uh, but Ray, I'll let you kick off the Q and a portion. All right. So, uh, just to, to keep it easy, I mean, like, you know, I know Corey, um, outside of all the, the social media and YouTube and everything else. Uh, but maybe our listeners won't be familiar with Corey. Um, so, Corey, you want to just give us a, a – a, you have an extensive resume, very impressive. 
but just want to give a, <laughs> um, a view from 10,000 feet, if you will, of kind of what you do for the world. Sure. So I am the world's first professional YouTuber. I've been doing making YouTube videos professionally longer than anyone in the world, straight up. Um, got a couple bil a billion views under my belt. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of different channels. I've launched some of the world's largest YouTube channels even to date. Um, and I've, I'm continuing to do it. I do everything from, uh, you know, creating my own videos, acting, singing, uh, songwriting. I now do virtual reality. I create video games. I make cartoons for kids. I literally anything I want to do. I just kind of like go into it and I feel like I've dabbled in just about anything and everything used to be a TV show host. I've been in a couple movies. I'm, uh, two degrees from, uh, Kevin Bacon, um, no, one degree. I'm one degree from <laughs> Kevin Bacon. And, um, I was in a movie with Danny Trejo and then, um, yeah, I, I've just, I've, I've done a lot of stuff, uh, but I'm a dad. That's my favorite. That's, that's, that's what, what I, I was about to ask. What's your favorite of everything? Being a dad for sure. Nothing's been better, man. It's been like, I've loved my career. My career is uh, just the greatest gift because I, I feel like I have been self-unemployed for 15 years. Uh, and I say that because I haven't worked a day in my life since I, uh, I've been doing, well, actually before YouTube, actually, I, I quit my job, my first or my last job way before YouTube. Even I was, um, number one comedic music artist on MySpace back in the MySpace days in 2004, 2005, man. So yeah, I've been around for a while. Speaking about MySpace, I remember, uh, Ray trying to, uh, you know, be socially closer to ladies through MySpace. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so mind you, this was years before I was married. So before I get beat up by my wife later, and uh, she knows about all that. I've, I, I keep nothing from her. But yeah, I mean, I was, was uh, traveling for my day job um, years and years ago. And MySpace was a, how can I say this? It was a very... It was tender. <laughs> yeah, it was the tender of our day. <laughs> I was like, how can I say this as politically correct as possible? Thank you, Corey. You handed me. No, I, 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 it's okay. I get it. I get it. I mean, I was in that point in time when I was doing the MySpace stuff, I was doing stuff with the jackass guys. Um, I was doing, uh, that's, that was a whole different life. I used to be a professional stuntman as well, like well before YouTube. And, uh, you know, I, I had my, I had my, things as well so I, I get it oh man you said i had no idea you had worked with the guys from jackass um <laughs> yeah wow mike and mm -hmm. i have talked about this on the show before and i don't even know if i've told you this Corey. um but when mike this is 2000 2000 2001 ish we were totally inspired by the guys from jackass and the first thing that mike and i recorded was our own show called orange helmet and we did some northeast <laughs> oklahoma redneck stunts and uh, we had an orange construction helmet, and it was our goal to break the helmet while somebody was wearing it, amongst other things. And we were completely <laughs> inspired by the show Jackass on MTV. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my friends and I, we were doing that sort of stuff even before Jackass. And uh, SMP Films, uh, my, my YouTube channel, the name actually came from uh, my project that I did back in 1999 um, when I was starting to make my videos. And that's kind of the stuff we were doing. And then Jackass came out and we're like, wow, look at this. The culture's really taken off. And I was also into the wrestling culture, which is why I was trained. Um, I'm actually a trained pro wrestler by WWE uh, Hall of Famers as well. So I was a big fan of both the, you know, the, the crazy stunt world, which took off and the WWE world. I was trained by, uh, I don't know if anybody knows, like uh, Rikishi. He was one of my trainers and then Gangrel. Wow. I didn't, I, right. I didn't do it for too long through, but Knox pro Academy for those, anybody who's listening in Los Angeles, Knox pro Academy is the best, uh, shout out to the Samoan dynasty. Wow. That's good stuff, anyway. man. Like I'm not familiar with them, but if <laughs> it comes from you, it's, it's got to mean a lot. So, but this spawns another question, Corey, and I don't even know if Michael know about these guys, but were you ever associated with the CKY guys? So, okay. Uh, yes and no. Um, Bam's crew, I, I, I love them to death. There was a lot of problems in Bam's crew, though. Um, but I was actually working with uh, one of the, or well, actually two of the, the members of their crew, which was, um, I don't know if you remember, like, the 
not not necessarily CKY, but when Bam had his show, uh, there was two pro wrestlers that were always on there, or that they were on there a couple times. So I was working with those guys, and then that through them I got connected with the Bloodhound Gang, and then did the Bloodhound Gang music video stuff with uh, with those guys. So that's about as close as I got with the Bam crew. But Bam, I I didn't really want to get in. I I was I was closer with Stevo, even though Stevo was. Um, you know, he was in his own world, having his own troubles. And I, I gotta say, I'm really proud of him for cleaning up and getting out of everything that he did. He's, he's a superstar man. So glad. And, and Knoxville for, for stepping up the way that he did. I love those guys a lot. Oh, right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, bam. I, I kind of just too, too much over there. Not, not my thing. No, that makes sense. And Steve, yeah. What a huge change that guy's made in his life. Right. Because um, who'd have thought that? Oh that man, I have. St- but no, you look at him now; he's a whole other person, dude. He he was really interesting when um when I first met him. Like I, I knew he had problems, but it was just kind of like you know what his problems he was managing. And um, my first stage show with with him, I did in um, Modesto, California, and uh, I did a tequila stunt man and a few uh, a few other things with him, and. Um, in the back, I mean, he seemed like he was just, he was just drunk and, and really stoned. No big deal. But as time got on and, and um, I, I had a little bit of contact with him, he kind of, well, I mean, he, he cleaned up. He cleaned up really good. And then I met back up with him um, during a, a, a party at the Maxim Hot 100 in L.A. And then became friends with him again there. And that's when he was going through rehab. And I shot a couple things with him after that for SMP Films. Which I don't. I never released those. I just shot with them, and then we never finished them. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> or maybe I did release them. I can't remember. I've made so many videos. Over that was the a long time remember. ago, anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Corey, I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. Um, you've mm-hmm. you, you're now a Tulsa, Oklahoma resident. Uh, so, since you've been there, yes. what's your what's one what's some of your favorite stuff about Oklahoma since you've been there? So my favorite stuff about Oklahoma since being here has been um, first the neighborly aspect of this. I love that I know my neighbors and that we're all so close, tight knit, and it's it's wonderful. I, I love the neighborhood that I'm in. Um, I'm out in the country every Christmas. We all give each other gifts um, for our birthdays. We do each other and do things for each other for our birthdays. And, and if any of us ever need help, any of us around here, we always pitch in and it's so great. You know, like I've got a, uh, an elderly neighbor right now that, um, you know, of course everything that's happening, I'm just trying to do my best to take care of them, um, making sure they have food and, um, feeding their animals whenever they need their animals fed. Cause they've got horses and, and just trying to help them lift heavy things all the time. And then, um, I had a bridge that recently, uh, Ray, Ray came by our house to, to drop these beers off today for me. And you, Ray, you probably saw that bridge that was knocked out over the river right, right. that's in front of my house. And, uh, that was another neighbor that he usually comes over to fix my AC units. He came out, he came down with his tractor and, and, uh, and knocked that bridge out for me. I needed it out and he just got his tractor and ripped it out. So we all just kind of help each other. And it's, it's just great. So that's what I love so far the most about Oklahoma is just the, the friendliness of the people. It's, it's real southern hospitality here it's it's great uh both ray and i are, are also we're oklahoma transplants we and neither one of us uh were originally from there i would say and we i think ray you moved there in what ninth or tenth grade in high school uh yeah i was a freshman in high school freshman in high school and i moved i we moved i was actually born in oklahoma but uh was raised in texas and moved back right before ninth grade in high school so um we're both kind of transplants as well. Uh, Corey, before we wrap this up, do you have any questions for us or about, about Ray? <laughs> yeah. Let's, okay. So um, let's see. I, I'm going to think something for Ray. All right. So Ray, um, with everything that is going on, what are the projects that you're working on outside of this currently? Like what's, what, what are your creative projects that you're working on right now? So since you're stuck at home, oh yeah, no doubt. So I mean, outside of my day job, of course, um, I started a uh, a daily live stream on my YouTube channel, which is content completely unrelated to the our beer podcast here. Uh, but I wanted to find a way to use my my social platform to close the gap with people um, who don't have a way to socialize with other people while we're doing the self quarantine 
you know, a shelter in place sort of things. I was concerned about the people that were just at home alone with no one to talk to. Uh, so I've been doing a live stream and encouraging people to share that so we could at least once a day for 30 minutes to an hour, allow people to socialize and have that, you know, interhuman contact that, that we all need as individuals. Uh, so that's something I've been trying to do to just reach out, spread positivity. Everything I do is about positivity. Uh, but I'm trying to use my platform to really just drive that home and reach folks that might not have somebody to talk to otherwise. That's nice. Yeah, because I, I know you've had um, you've had a lot of support from the local media here, which which is more than I can say, actually. It's really surprising um, that I haven't they, they don't even know I'm here. But you've you've done so many great things for the community like you you deserve all of that. And and I feel like I need to take some notes from you and, and start instead of just like making stuff that I think is fun and crazy for myself. I feel like I also need to start pushing to help the the local community. So you're you're been big inspiration on me to to really start moving in that direction, not because of media, but just just for the the locals in general. So I appreciate you know, everything you do. Oh, thanks for saying that, man. I appreciate that. I, I draw a lot of inspiration from you. Um, so to hear that is like, oh my gosh, about fell out of my chair, Corey. <laughs> I feel like this is a Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other and like, no, I like you. No, I like you. No, I like you more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mike, you said, um, so, so are you, are you currently in uh, Tulsa or you're, you're in a different. No, no I actually, I'm, right uh, I'm in Richmond, Kentucky. Um, so after I, com- what, what brought yeah, you so there? after I completed yeah, my wait, PhD at Oklahoma state in 2012 and, uh, go got- on, yeah, absolutely. Um, after I got on the job market, and then uh, at the time, this was the I felt like this is the best fit for me in my the start of my uh, career as an academic, so to speak. Um, and been here since twenty since August twenty twelve, and uh, you know, Central Kentucky is a lot like Eastern Oklahoma. Actually, the type of folks that are here are really nice, uh, very neighborly. Uh, the, you know, the people here think Oklahoma's super flat everywhere. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to say, no, actually, Eastern Oklahoma is a lot like where you're at right now. Um, but no, it's it's beautiful here. Uh, access to it. I mean, people don't realize how awesome it is to be like eight hour drive from Niagara Falls, eight hour drive from, uh, you know, coastal Georgia. I mean, everything's just so close and that's awesome, too. So, uh, you know, that's the job that brought me here. Yeah, I, I love Kentucky too. I um in 2012, I actually did a, a 13,000 mile road trip where I just drove to 64 major cities in the U.S. because it'd be fun. And I've got to say, uh, Kentucky was definitely one of the top places on my list for beautiful where I would consider to live, like in in the you know the main part of the U.S. It, it's just beautiful there. I, lo- I love the um. The, the formations of the trees, the rocks, the mountains, and, and all of that. I thought it was beautiful. And uh, Louisville, oh my gosh, Louisville had this amazing restaurant. How much, how often do you go into Louisville? Uh, not, uh, it's about an hour and a half away. So it's, um, I'm, I'm 30 minutes south of Lexington. Oh, okay. Um, so we don't go to, we, we, if we get out of town, which we don't do a lot, but if we get out of town, we usually actually go to Cincinnati because it's an easier drive. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite places to eat in the United States is actually in Louisville. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the place, but I remember I went in there and <clears throat> Ray, this is probably going to make you mouth water. So I, I apologize. But uh, both of you, really, uh, it was it was like imagine it was like um, a soup, a type, a type of like potato soup. And the, in the inside of the soup was this perfectly cooked sort of like a ham sandwich sort of thing with these beautiful spices. And it was sunk into the bowl. And when you cut into it, it would just open up the soup just enough to fill that sandwich. And when you ate it, it would all come together in this perfect little thing. And I, I, I couldn't even describe how beautiful that thing tasted, but I remember I, I, I took my first bite and I forgot where I was. And the inside of the restaurant was so cool because you could like write all over the walls. They gave you markers to just write on everything. You, you went into the bathroom. It's the only place you couldn't write. And in the bathroom, they had these really cool games that you could play while you're going to the bathroom. Like you didn't touch them, but like <laughs> TMI, well, it's not TMI, but like in the men's restroom, they had all these little games that you could, you know, at the urinal, you could play. And it was hilarious and fun. 
And they had all these little other things that like, if you touch this, it'll set off an alarm in the restaurant restaurant. And it was just something else. And, and I'll never forget that place. It was a great mom and pop place that was just on the top of my list. Three places in the U S topped it for me. And that was one of them for sure. So if you ever can find a way to find that place, you have to go and have that sunken sandwich. Wow. So I think, and I'm not a connoisseur by any means. I think it's the Kentucky hot Brown is what you're describing. Which Kentucky is like a, hot brown. It's like a signature dish uh, of Kentucky, and there's a couple variations of it. Oh, okay. I was like looking for the restaurant, and I was like, "Oh, I've lost that restaurant. I'm gonna. I would fly to Kentucky to have that again." Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So I've had a couple different versions of that, um, and they're all pretty good. I mean, I haven't had a bad version yet. Uh, but as far as the restaurant, I'm gonna have to check that out. I, you know, uh, it sounds like it'd be a fun place to take the kiddos as well. Oh yes, for kids, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to take up any more time. Corey, sincerely appreciate coming on the podcast with us, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Ray, I'll let you do the outro and the social media stuff. Uh, and then, uh, hopefully, uh, next time I'm in Tulsa, we can all grab a beer. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. So before I dive into the social media stuff, Mike, I got to say once again, another solid lineup. Uh, we do our best to make sure we don't have terrible beers on here because we want to add everyone to our bucket list for everyone else to try before they die. And of course, Corey, thank you again for being on here. I appreciate you. Uh, it was, it was awesome. We... Yeah, that's good to hear, man. I appreciate that. So, but before we go, be sure to check out the social media sites that we leave in the description of the podcast. Hit up Catawba and the Santa Fe Brewery. Uh, give them some likes and shares on their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and visit their website for more information about their breweries and other beers they have to offer, and better yet, where they distribute, so you can go by and pick up some for yourself and give them a try. And while you're at it, be sure to follow us and give us some likes on social media as well. We're super easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you listen to us on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us those five stars. Be sure to share with your friends and families. And as always, guys, drink local. Please don't drink and drive. And as things are going right now, please stay at home. And uh, we want to flatten the curve and get through this as much as anybody else. And we want to encourage you all to do the same. While you're hunkered down, just listen to all of our podcasts. How about that? So anyways, guys, I appreciate you all. And we will see you all on the next episode. Have a great night. Adios. Later.